Hey everybody, before we get started, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to our newest Dark Myths member, the Let's Not Meet podcast. Let's Not Meet is a podcast that aggregates stories from all over the web, but mainly the Let's Not Meet subreddit, and brings it to the audio waves. And it is very well produced, it is creepy at times, and legitimately terrifying at others. I highly suggest it. Go check it out, the Let's Not Meet podcast, and show them a little bit of love. Now, enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Rumor Flies. I'm Josh. I'm Ryan. He, he's at work. We're, we've, we've done this. He's at work. Greg's not here. Yeah. yeah it's so uh, much better. But we're here still. Yes, Ryan and I are here, and we have a fantastic episode for you guys today. We are going to be talking about death. Now, we've we've covered a, de- a death episode before, but this is unlike any other death episode we've done. Uh, we were talking about this. The only other death episode we've well, done. Yeah. It's still different. <laughs> much like the history episode where it was kind of a grab bag focusing on specific people that's kind of the route that ryan and i went here now i am gonna warn all of you we're gonna sound like crazy people because this definitely toes the line of conspiracy at different points yeah when we were all texting each other before we started recording uh we were just like this research is killing me this is ridiculous yeah like i envy no i don't envy actually some of the more uh, conspiracy based or paranormal based types of uh, 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 podcasts because podcast books, like a lot of the ones that. that we associate with because turns out the conspiracy theorists don't all have one unifying agreement among their little theories. It, no, they all revolve in different circles and they don't intersect and it's hard to find out who believes what, when, where, and why. So what are we talking about? <laughs> so we're going to be covering specific people and Specifically, death hoaxes, as I believe is the best way to put it. Fake deaths, or a word that I learned today, pseudocide. I love that word, too. It's f***ing awesome. It's wonderful. Now, I do want to say that we will not be covering as many topics as we typically do, because we're just going to be pushed for time. No, we had to cut material knowing how much we're going to get again into every topic. And this is just like glancing over them, I would say. Yeah, if you want like... Because we could absolutely do an episode individually about each person we cover. Yeah. Um, which that's probably going to be a Patreon episode at some point because this was just so much fun. This was such a step out of the norm that we typically cover. We loved it. It was very, very research driven. It was very heavy. Not that it's not research driven, but th- this is it all points back to a, a specific direction, you know, kind of thing. Like there's there's one thing that everything stems off of and you just go down the rabbit hole and you just kind of see where it ends up. I learned a shit ton about the person I'm going to cover tonight. Um, but yeah, so just be forewarned, this is not the typical Rumor Flies episode where we will take a topic, we'll talk for a little bit, then we go to the next one kind of thing. So it's going to be a little bit longer. We hope you guys enjoy, but we're super stoked. So saying that, let's get right into it. Ryan, what's your first topic? So my first a uh, particular person of interest tonight is going to be the one and the only Tupac Shakur. Well, oh, okay. And if we don't know him, he is a famous West Coast rapper known for songs like Hit Him Up, Dear Mama, California Love, and a whole bunch of others. He's like a pillar of the rap scene, I would say, regardless of if you're into his music or not, but you like other rap. Uh, he is a foundation for how rap ended up today. 
I oh I definitely agree. I am not someone I, I like. I enjoy a lot of hip hop. A lot I enjoy a lot of rap and things like that. Personally, he's not one of my favorite rappers, but I can absolutely respect everything that he did for the music industry. See, I like the West Coast mindset, but I like East Coast rap more than anything. Yeah, I, I actually that probably falls in it, line more it, with me. It, too. It's the beats, I think, that it really sells me on a lot of things. Not that Tupac was not a good rapper. He actually has very good lyrics Super most of the talented. time. Just you know. He just didn't do it the same way for me as it did for everybody else. But anyway, yeah, getting into it, uh, Tupac died. Uh, or did he? Question mark. No one knows. That's going to be the question for every topic tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the way that the mainstream media would have you know it is that uh, liberal media is that in on September 7th, 1996, after leaving the MGM Casino after a Mike Tyson match. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that either until I did this research. Well, that was in Mike Tyson's heyday, pun intended. That was when he was on top of the game. Yes. That's when he was literally just knocking everyone out and was unstoppable. Yep. So it makes complete sense that such a famous icon would be at a boxing event. I mean, look at all the... I mean, just I know this is kind of off tangent, but look at the, the recent Mayweather-McGregor fight. Everybody who was worth anything was there. Do you think at like baseball games, hey, you could take the baseball home if you catch a foul ball? Like if you catch one of the ears that Mike Tyson spits <laughs> out, you get to take it home with you? <laughs> like fan souvenir day? Kind yeah. of thing? <laughs> Somebody has a Vander Holyfield's like earlobe in a jar somewhere. You know, that's a good question. I don't know if he got it back. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I don't, he didn't reattach it. I know that. But honestly, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't feel like I need it back. I, it doesn't I, really <laughs> serve too much function. I don't. Won't it? That's yeah. all I'm saying. So anyway, after he was leaving the MGM casino, Tupac got an altercation along with some of his crew with a man named Orlando Anderson, who had supposedly robbed another one of Tupac's crew members earlier in the year. Was that Anthony Anderson's brother? No, I, I don't think so. I didn't look that part <laughs> up, but that would add a whole new layer if that was the case. That's awesome. Dun, dun. Let's go with it was Anthony Anderson's brother. Let's go with that. Rumor flies. We make the rumors now. <laughs> we make our own content. <laughs> oh, God. Greg's, Greg is slowly weeping somewhere. See, we're going to start just coming up with rumors that nobody's heard and no. just cover them ourselves because no. we're, the, we're on the spotlight. <laughs> we're the InfoWars of podcasts. That's that. I don't want that, but sure. So anyway, as he was leaving the MGM casino, him and Suge Knight got in a car. Suge Knight was, uh, some people say, like, I don't know, his bodyguard, you know, was in the production. Suge Knight was involved with everything. He was a, he was a producer. We'll get more into him in a little bit. He actually ran Death Row Records. Yes. And uh, continuing on to this, they get in the car, and as they're leaving, at a stoplight, a car pulls up, unloads a hail of bullets into their car, and then... Shortly after, Tupac sustains injuries to his lungs. He gets a punctured lung. Chug Knight gets minor injuries. Uh, mm, funny how that happened. Right. And then afterwards, the car pulls off. I think they said it was a white Cadillac, and it was never to be seen again. A few days later, on September 13th, so September 7th was the day right, that, so that he got a shot. Week, almost a week later. Yes. Uh, Tupac succumbed to his injuries and uh, pretty much bled to death. And after that, some uh, theories started to arise. Okay. About, uh, I mean, a lot of things. We just know that Tupac died at this point. Well, all you, all, the simple fact is, you know, that you have this very famous rapper 
who was very influential in the rap community, and now he's dead, and they have no idea who did it. I mean, thankfully, as far as my knowledge is, I don't really follow too much of rappers' personal lifestyles, but I don't think they've been dropping like flies as much as it was during, like, you know, say, the War Between the Bloods and the Crips, or back in the early 90s when there are giant rap feuds that involve gangs and lots of bullets. Well, and I think that's a good thing to point out. At this time, there was a huge East Coast, West Coast beef going on between Tupac and Biggie. That was a thing at the time. Oh, so nice that you mentioned Biggie, because we're going to talk about some of the suspects real quick. And by Biggie, Notorious B.I.G. Yes. And we'll Chris Wallace, yes. I believe, is his name. So the first suspect is obviously Orlando Anderson and the gang. Well, that's who they got in a fight with that night. Yes. And he was arrested for several different things before uh, afterwards, um, but it was never in the implication of Tupac. He was definitely a suspect, but he was never charged for that. And it didn't really matter too much because he died in 1998 of an unrelated shooting. So, oh, well, we may never know. Yeah. Now, the second person is Notorious B.I.G., as you said. Yes. Uh, we'll get back to him. Okay. That, so, is that a whistle widow? It's a little whistle widow. It's a whistle widow. But the third one that I want to kind of knock down really quick is the man, the one, the only Suge Knight, who uh, I'm going to get into him real quick. He is a human garbage pail. He is. <laughs> I, I did some cursory research on Suge Knight in order to get this down, and this man is just nothing short of terrible. He's a monster. But also, he just has this, like, terrible luck himself, too. So the idea is that... Uh, I, I have a hard time saying he has terrible luck, because I think a lot of it's self-inflicted. I cannot list all the times he has been arrested or gone to jail for the times he's gotten in a fight. Most of the time, he's been knocked out, by the way. Oh, like, that makes he me feel has good. sustained so many damn injuries, like worse than a standard NFL player, but it, like to the head. Like, so just, he's got CTE is what you're telling after me. After one bar fight, he was knocked out for three minutes. That is unheard oh. of. Like that is. How do you come back from that? Yes. This isn't like movies. If you get a concussion, you're not coming back the same person most of the time. Yeah. CTEs are a real thing and they're going <laughs> to be, they're going to be coming back into circulation soon mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of the media. But anyway, continuing with Suge Knight, this guy has been shot several times, including in the car wreck with Tupac. So he was actually wounded, like not he, mortally wounded. I but. think he got grazed by a ricochet, essentially. And, oh, how and like lucky he got is hit that? in that. Yeah, he sustained minor damage. He was able to walk away from it. But there's other times where he was like shot at least three times and was able to walk to an ambulance. But at the same rate, he has all these battery charges. And, you know, most recently. He had the, He's in jail now, like yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah. For a hit and run that was supposedly an accident, but it was somebody that he, surprise, surprise, had beef with. Mm, yeah. But during all of these times where he's been in jail, he's either had like a fainting accident, he had like a, he had to go to the hospital for blood clots. Yeah, he's people, had some really weird health he had issues. brain tumors. It's like he is this strange type of like vampire where if he doesn't assault somebody, he's going to start having like physical ailments happen to him that are unrelated to like him. So it's, so he didn't, did he not have like a brain tumor or anything? He might. So it might be a tumor. Yeah. It's, it's another room. Might be a tumor type of deal, but it it is. How do you not know if it's a tumor? I I don't know. Okay. But it's a strange thing where just like, if he doesn't assault somebody, he's going to start hurting. He has to like, pass the buck to somebody else in order to stop his own damage. And 
you know, I guess uh, I shouldn't be talking about somebody who has a history of assault and supposed hits, you know, but I, I don't know if too many people on the... That was for Tupac. Man. Yeah, <laughs> on the West Coast <laughs> scene are going to be listening to this podcast. Anyway, Suge Knight is one of the people that they implicated in being involved with the murder of Tupac because they think that Tupac was uh, leaving Death Row Records. That's the theory that I've heard consistently. And for some reason, uh, Suge Knight had the idea that you can't leave if I kill you. Uh, (laughs) It's like that meme. Technically, it worked because Death Row was still releasing, interesting fact, more records of Tupac posthumously than Tupac released in his own lifetime. Really? Which, you know... I knew he had a shit ton of, like, pre-recorded it, material. It fills into this conspiracy theories. Yeah, and I, everybody has you know, unreleased stuff. That's the uh, one thing, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, that Tupac released too much stuff in order to... Like, uh, for a dead man, you know? Yeah. Same thing with Kurt Cobain. You know, people have said that. We're not covering Kurt tonight. Just saying. Um, I think it's pretty clear he's dead because there's pictures, but anyway, they say that Suge Knight arranged the hit for Tupac and tried to make it inconspicuous by being with him. But I'm going to say this. You're the dumbest person possible. If you're going to be sitting in the car as he's getting riddled with bullets, because I will just say whatever Tupac was shot with, I don't think it was, uh, you know, sharpshooters. I would definitely agree with that. And the other thing is that even if like. Tupac's in the back seat. He's in the front seat, kind of thing. All it takes. He wasn't. He was in the passenger seat. But my point being is that Tupac was behind him. Correct? No, Tupac was right next to Suge Knight in the car. They have the picture oh, of him then before have, he left and got shot. Then I have a very hard time believing that he was the orchestrator of this because honestly, from his <laughs> from his history as well, doesn't seem like he's a planner. Yeah, it seems like it's very like spur of the moment red with rage kind of thing number one this guy has a lot of bad luck but a lot of good luck too like he has a lot of health problems but at the same rate because i honestly don't think that suge knight's gonna last too long given all the things that happened to him recently in the past few years in terms of medical conditions i don't want to be a uh, you know a grim reaper or anything like we've done with other celebrities but suge knight is not in good condition well he also has not made a lot of friends in the prison system i know that as well yes but at the same rate he also is extremely lucky to have been sitting next to Tupac and have only gotten minor injuries like being grazed by a bullet at most. <laughs> well, he had a this, human meat shield next to him. Uh, Chuck Knight is, Chuck Knight's a human meat shield. Like, he walked away from getting shot, like, three different times. And then for him not to get hit once, when, like, Tupac was, like, about, like, the width of a straw, yeah, you know? True. like He wasn't very big. He wasn't a big guy, and, I mean, Suge Knight was, like, 230 pounds on average, you know? Big dude. Yeah, he was kind of a big dude. I do remember that. Like, I feel like he would have been the backdrop for that. But, anyway, that is just me shooting down that. I don't think that Suge Knight had anything to do with this hit. Supposedly, Suge Knight put out a hit on Eminem, according to Eminem's bodyguard, too. But that's just a rumor. Well, we have issues if that ever comes to light. Yes. So those are the main suspects and also the Illuminati, but I don't even want to entertain well, that one. They're always the, a suspect. in some of uh, Tupac's lyrics. He talks about the Illuminati and everything. And people say like, you know, since he taught bad, they went out to get him. But really Tupac was talking about in his lyrics, which I can't really quote being of the color that I am. Uh, <laughs> Very limited in my vocabulary. Uh, he was talking about how people are too worried about the Illuminati when he's worried about the small stuff of like his, you know, people that he knows in like his own life getting shot, you know, like not worrying about the big conspiracy theories. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. He's worrying about, you know, people bleeding on the streets in general. Mm-hmm. 
And people took that as him just trashing Luminar. He's like, no, I don't care about that. That's more just about like what's going on in my life around me and around my community. It's, it's a much more cultural thing to him. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw that one out the window. Mm-hmm. Sorry. If you want to talk to me more about an email, go ahead. I'll entertain it. Whatever. But <laughs> sounds so uplifting. Right. So let's go with some of the Tupac lived evidence because some people believe that he lived. There is a whole range of conspiracy theories, anything from like he went and joined his aunt who was implicated in a murder and I want to say the 80s and went off to Cuba and has been I've there since. I've heard he's in Cuba. And he, yeah, he joined his aunt in Cuba. Mm-hmm. But one of the big ones is that Tupac posthumously released a song called God Bless the Dead and it referenced a deceased friend, Biggie Smalls, several times. Who we have talked about this. Biggie Smalls is one of the people implicated in Tupac's in the murder, murder yeah. because they were friends at one point, but then things went sour yeah, exactly. and supposedly Biggie put the hit out on him. However, Biggie died only like six months after Tupac did. Yeah, they it, weren't very far apart. Yeah. yeah, they kind of followed each other to the grave, which they still don't know who killed him, I believe. Yeah, it's all riddled in mystery. It wasn't Diddy. But so he refers to Biggie Smalls several times being deceased. Yeah. How did this happen if Tupac was dead by the time Biggie died? Well, I don't know. It turns out that there was another Biggie Smalls and in all likelihood, Tupac was referencing, referencing this Biggie Smalls who he knew through his producer, Johnny J. And uh, there was a cool website. I listed in the show notes, obviously. And this guy is not very well known. He only had, like, three officially released songs. Uh, they didn't even know if he was, like, a white or Hispanic rapper. But there are other uh, records of this other rapper named Biggie Smalls that Tupac kind of knew. And also died before Tupac and Biggie. The, okay. The notorious B.I.G. So that's when, typically, when he says Biggie Smalls, that's who he's referring to. Yes, it turns out they just happened to have shared a nickname. So that one kind of knocks that down. But to add to that... The song, God Bless the Dead, also featured a rapper named Stretch, who happened to have died many months before Tupac. So, unless Stretch decided to fake his own death as well, I would say this is recorded way before Tupac's death. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So, that is kind of shot down in my book. Okay. Do you have any disagreements about that song? No, I was going to say, I I can... I see what... in what you're saying, the people that he's referencing, I it falls in line with, you know, paying homage to those people. And you can't feature somebody on a song if they're dead kind of thing. And also people say that, you know, this is the weird one where Tupac had some obsession with the number seven. And like, you know, he died at 4.03 p.m. 4 plus, plus zero three. plus three. Yeah. yeah, we're going into the whole Jim Carrey number 23 thing. But this time it's seven. And, uh, you know, then they reference the fact that he got shot on like um, September 7th, you know, but then you go to 403 later. It's like he planned his death at that time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, So I want to get shot on the 7th, but I don't want to die on the 7th because I'm so obsessed with 7. I want to make sure the time that I die exactly is the time where you add up 4 plus 0 plus 3 when you could have just been like, you know. 4.12 p.m. So you don't have to throw a zero in there, you know, if you're going to add up those numbers. If you missed the window, then you got to wait about nine minutes. And if not, then we're going to wait until 5.02 p.m. Yeah. a.m. So then that's going to happen. And there's tons of sevens included in this whole theory that have very, very um, basic algebraic equations that you can manipulate to turn into the number seven, you know. So that's one thing where they thought that somehow in a convoluted way, 
because he referred to himself as Black Jesus in a song, that he would resurrect again on June 13th at 3.04 p.m. in 2014. Oh, we done goofed. We missed it. Yep. We were not there for the press release. And there actually was like uh, some, you know, quote unquote fake news that said that Tupac actually is back. He's just, you know, hanging out and he doesn't want to, you know, get in the public. But just the press just wants you to know that he's back. Okay, cool. That's nice of them. I remember the hologram. That's the only recent thing about him that I remember. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. We'll talk about the hologram shortly. Okay. Uh, Actually, you know what? Fuck it. We'll talk about the hologram right now. All right. I'm glad I did it. Uh, This is the part where it gets like crazy conspiracy theory. Now, I'm like, I was trying to get to the reasonable ones, then go to the crazy, but I'm just going to just throw it out. Like, this is me just going full 12-year-old conspiracy theory me. So, in 2012 at Coachella, the wondrous magic producers of, you know, special effects decide to put Tupac back on stage in a hologram and have him do all these movements and like sing his songs in like this 3d hologram on stage. Mm-hmm. And it was the coolest shit ever. I remember that it was, it was really dope, but it was motherfucking project blue beam. Have you heard of that? I do. Not you know. wouldn't because the government's trying to hide it from you. Project blue bean, blue bean. That's not that that's blue runner beans. This episode brought to you by Blue Runner Beans. They're I actually wish. pretty good. Best canned red beans possible. But Project Blue Beam is the secret uh, project by the government to make a hologram technology to produce over the sky to control the mass media because they tried it in Cuba to make Jesus' second coming happen uh, to overthrow Fidel Castro and make Jesus say that Castro's a bad person, you should rebel, and then all of a sudden the government's gone and then... The U.S. takes over, I guess. But Project Bluebeam has also been used to do UFO sightings, to do 9-11, you know, like the planes going into the... Pla- into uh-huh, the yeah. It's all hologram technology. Okay. I don't know how they made the buildings fall after that, too. Maybe that was Project Bluebeam as well. Well, that's but, like jet fuel can't melt still beams. Yes. And then just, it's all Project Bluebeam. And it was their test with Tupac because he was the most important person that we needed to see. Not Jesus, not... Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Not Muhammad. Not Moses. Not L. Ron Hubbard, Tupac, the Black Jesus. The bla- yeah, the Black Jesus. I really let that one loose. Yeah, uh, the, uh, jet fuel can't melt Ryan's dreams as well. Yes, and uh, I'm just gonna say a no to this one. I don't think Project. I I can't imagine you wouldn't, but uh, I'm glad you clarified. You can't prove a negative. So we did talk about that. The scientific community does not like to prove a negative. True. I cannot prove that Project Blue Beam doesn't exist. Yeah. But I will say that I feel like they will be using it to something more important than a Coachella crowd. We're done with that. Okay, thank God. <laughs> also, Tupac supposedly read Machiavelli, who had talked about, you know, he wrote The Prince. and uh, the Didn't he fake his own death? He, he had mentioned or faking his, like, yeah. talking, he had mentioned in his text about faking one's own death. So yeah. maybe Tupac was into that. But a lot more people than Tupac read Machiavelli. I was going to say, it's not just limited to Tupac Shakur. Yes. <laughs> but... It's not the fucking Dalai Lama. Yes. So uh, we're going to talk about some other things. Uh, there, a lot of people are hooked on to this thing where the last supposed picture of Tupac Shakur was him in the car mm-hmm. with Suge Knight as they're about to take off. And then he I was think killed. I've seen it. Yeah. Now, the interesting part about this is there is a timestamp at the bottom of the photo and it is labeled as September 8th, 1996. As opposed to September 7th. When Tupac was supposedly shot. Okay. So people are saying this was a big blunder in the conspiracy theory. Like, you know, he lived, but he he done goofed. Like somebody messed up and accidentally took the picture 
after the supposed shooting, something like that. Mm-hmm. Really weird mm-hmm. that they would say that. Okay. However, let's talk about this real quick. I, I... This is where I like to get into the rumor flies part where I can bring this into the realm of just just being reasonable. Okay. I, I'm curious where you're going to go because like, I have my theories in my head. But... So, Josh, you and I just went out of town, right? Mm-hmm. When we were out of town... Oh, wait. We were in Chicago, so the time zone didn't change. Uh, you go out of town. You go to... Where'd you go after that? Mexico. Cancun has the same time zone. Damn I'm it. Say, you're not doing well. Orlando. Disney World. Oh, Disney World. Okay. What happens when you look at your phone when you get to Disney World? The Time's time right. changes. Yeah. Because of GPS. And mm-hmm. it can figure that out and do that for you. Mm-hmm. It just does it all for you. Mm-hmm. You know what didn't do that in 1996? Anything? Any camera, digital, <laughs> or film. The way these timestamps work is, yes, it does date it when you, like, you know, it does that little stamp in the bottom, whether it was a digital camera took it or a film camera. But you have to set that. So say there's a paparazzi. That happens to know that Tupac is at this, you know, this boxing match for the MGM Grand. He could have easily been a paparazzi from a different time zone that had his camera still set to that. Or his camera just wasn't calibrated right. Not only that. The timestamps don't fucking matter. Well, not, not, well, here's the deal. In most instances. What makes this so close in the first place is why I'm saying this is that there would only have to be an hour difference. Tupac was shot in the realm between 11 o'clock and midnight. Of that night, so that simple hour shift from a time zone could easily have the, the camera t- change the date early. Mm-hmm. That's just the easiest answer right there. Checkmate, atheist. I'm getting angry about this. I know it makes complete sense. Like I didn't even do research for that one. There, I did look up how those cameras worked, and yes, that's how it works. You have to set the time and date for it to work. I mean, it's 2017, and you still have to set the time and date for most things that you get. Yes. Outside uh, of cell phones. Yeah. It, my oven, I still can't figure out how to reset the clock. I have no idea either. <laughs> it's like when you tried to burn my house down that one time. We're not talking about that. Move on. <laughs> okay. Patreon, speeding this up, uh, the last little conspiracy theory, besides the little extra tidbits, is that uh, in 2015, a photo, a supposed selfie of Tupac surfaced. Number one, it wasn't Tupac. They debunked that one pretty quickly. But the guy did look a lot like him if Tupac didn't age since 1996. (laughs) Like, I know they say black don't crack. (laughs) That exact thought. Well, you know, black don't crack. But uh, it's kind of impossible. We're talking 20 years later to not age a little bit. Yes. But it's just, no, it was not Tupac. But after this happened, there was a rabble rouser. They actually had the first cop on the scene speak out about this picture. Um, well, actually, just to clarify that, you know, Tupac's, you know, he's dead, man. And this first, this cop, the first on the scene, Chris Carroll, who is now retired, witnessed the 25-year-old Tupac bleeding heavily, slip into unconsciousness after saying his last words to the cop, fuck you. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well... So regardless of how this cop he was always real. feels about Tupac at the time, the guy <laughs> who could have potentially saved his life. That was savage. All right. That's the most honest response you can probably get from I was going to say, I mean, that's that's how he felt. So like, he, he, to the day he died, he felt the same. So uh, I can respect that. To kind of combat this idea that Tupac may have survived, it's been contradicted by some of the closest people to him which is a group called the outlaws which is one of uh, the rap groups that tupac was associated with Mm -hmm. and obviously tupac's family who really hate hearing these types of conspiracy theories i can't imagine why they would enjoy it 
Now, supposedly, uh, Tupac's, I want to say it was a stepbrother or stepcousin, his name is Mopreem Shakur, said that it's definitely true that the outlaws, after Tupac's funeral service, uh, smoked Tupac's ashes because they heard one of his songs that he wanted to be smoked. Like, it, there was little lines, I, I didn't write them down, but he said that he wanted to smoke his ashes. This is the plot of How High, by the way. <laughs> um... And another person, Young Noble, who was in Outlaws, said, We hit the beach and had a little memorial for him with his mom and family and shit. We was just giving him our own farewell. We twisted up some of that uh, great-granddaddy California Kush, mixed Big Homie in with it, and you know what I mean. Oh, I... I, I <laughs> so they're saying they smoked it. I, I got it. Like Now... Obviously, Tupac's family was a little bit upset with this claim, and they and a representative of Tupac's family uh, said that uh, Afeni Shakur, who is Tupac's mother, would never participate in smoking her son. The family spokesperson said the outlaws would have had to have sneaked the remains past the family members in charge of keeping an eye on the ashes at the memorial. So they would have had to pull off this like Indiana Jones like opening Bing sequence switch. deal, like taking like a different urn that looked like Tupac's ash, just like weighing it in their hand a little bit, doing the quick switch. And then, just, yeah, then they me, had yeah. to roll away, they had to run away from a boulder to the beach and then just go smoke him afterwards. And then there were probably snakes in the car on the way back. And they hate snakes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even get on board with this and then short round goes and sells the rest of the ashes to an aficionado probably martin shkreli but <laughs> god what you want to talk about vile human beings yes we can talk about that wu-tang album later but um that kind of wraps up tupac uh i'm gonna say that he is dead pretty damn dead you don't survive that many bullets. And also, just the convolution around that to, like, you know, Suge Knight surviving, but somehow... Th- there's all sorts of different things about who killed Tupac, but wait, no, Tupac isn't actually dead, and then just, oh, wait, we smoked Tupac's ashes. None of these stories fit together. I was going to say, that that doesn't make a complete puzzle. But with going that, I would say that Tupac is very confidently a dead man right now. So, yeah, you... Rest in peace. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of which, by the way, that Wu-Tang album, do you know how they get it back? Yeah, there's a con- there's a clause, I think, in the contract of the person that buys it that the only people that can steal is either yes. Wu-Tang Clan or is it Bill Murray? It is indeed Bill Murray. <laughs> yes. Bill Murray is allowed to ghost bust that bitch and take it back from him. That's amazing. Yes. All right, Josh, now that we've talked about Tupac, let's go on to another music legend. Yes, my topic this evening is all on... Elvis Presley. Now, <laughs> I'm sure most of you know who Elvis Presley was. He was known as the king of rock and roll or just as the king. I'm going to do my best not to impersonate him throughout this. I would kind of be disappointed if you didn't at some point. <laughs> he was a cultural icon and he was the best thing since the napkin, not named George, Ringo, Paul, and other Beatle, whatever his name is. John? There we go. Um, <laughs> you remembered Ringo before I, I, John? I, I didn't. Okay. Elvis essentially tramps. I forgot. I just remember. <laughs> I'll give you a pass since we're not covering the Beatles tonight. So I also know my cousin just died a little on the inside as well, which makes me happy. Um, Hearts, yes. Jeremy. <laughs> Elvis essentially transformed all media and was actually one of the few musicians to actually have a pretty successful career as an actor as well in addition to being a singer you talking shit about jared leto 
I would argue that nobody's been in ta- as has been as talented as Elvis, except for Justin Timberlake. In recent memory, like popped into my head. My favorite quote from Alpha Dog was, "Is that a joke? <laughs> is that a joke?" Um, Jared Leto is a much better actor than musician. Dallas Buyers Club was fucking Oscar bait, though. All right, I'm not saying he wasn't great, but I will say that you can't compare him to JT. But what about Elvis in Blue Hawaii? I actually, I don't think it was that bad. It, it wasn't terrible. Okay. It, it was it was fine. Um, plus, Justin Timberlake should have absolutely been nominated for The Social Network in 2010 for Supporting Actor. No way that he wasn't better than Jeremy Renner in The Town. I love The Town. I love Ben Affleck. I thought The Town was great. But Jeremy Renner did not deserve to get nominated over just Justin Timberlake. Yes, we'll eventually start a movie podcast, okay? <laughs> just saying. Okay. Anyway, back to Elvis. He actually has 31 acting credits. I had no idea it was that many. And it's not like Elvis live in Santa Clara. It's legitimate movies that he was in. 31 movies he acted in. Well, it's because they know that with that name, it doesn't matter if he's a good actor or not. They will attach him to it and it'll be it'll be gold. That's Well, he idolized Marlon Brando and James Dean. And so he that's who he wanted to be. And he wanted to be a dramatic actor. Man, it's so weird to think that Marlon Brando and Elvis are contemporaries. Like, I didn't really consider that i didn't either and i kind of james had the same dean thought. as well i mean i guess Marlon brando has a very long career i mean streetcar named desire was in black and white but just you know i associate him with like godfather you know which is much later or even apocalypse now yeah how could i forget that that's one of my favorite movies <laughs> but you're exactly right you don't put those two in the same category at least in my mind yeah anyway maybe other people do maybe we're wrong i guess it's like robert de niro and whoever replaced robert de niro after he was done with scorsese you mean leonardo dicaprio <laughs> no like the the meet the parents I robert de niro mean. type yeah. but he is going to be in a scorsese movie soon yeah we talked about this joe pesci needs to get his shit together yeah hey ryan how tall is joe pesci Joe Pesci is, <laughs> we're going to drop an inch every time, four foot seven. All right. Anyway, I'm not here to give you the bio, a biography on Elvis. Uh, you can read that anywhere, but I'm, I am going to kind of talk about his death. And so. I hope more than kind of. Kind of. The way it goes is that on the evening of August 16th, 1977, his then fiance, Ginger Alden, I believe that's how you say her name. If not, that's what I'm going with. Crematory? Whatever. She found Elvis unresponsive on the ba- bathroom floor. Now. Ryan, when was you, it in Graceland? No, I don't believe it was. No? All right, I'm pull Greg real quick. Yep. Oddly enough, uh, fun fact about Graceland while you do that, Ryan. Did you know that Elvis was not the one to name it Graceland? No. It, the owner before him called it Graceland, and he just kept it. Well, that's respectful. Yeah, I thought it was nice. Um, anyway, an eyewitness said, quote, Elvis looked as if his entire body had completely frozen in a seated position while using the toilet and had then fallen forward in that fixed position directly in front of it. It was clear that from the time whatever hit him to the moment that he landed on the floor, Elvis hadn't moved. It wasn't Graceland. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I didn't think it was, but it doesn't surprise me in the least bit. Another quote that I found, quote, For some reason, perhaps involving a reaction to the codeine and the attempts to move his bowels, he experienced pain and fright while sitting on the toilet. Alarmed, he stood up, dropped the book he was reading, stumbled forward, and fell face down into the fetal position. Should have stuck with a shampoo bottle. He struggled weakly, right? He struggled weakly and drooled on the rug, unable to breathe. He died. Now, the reason I bring up these very, very graphic, very um, picture-painted images 
is because we've all heard at some point, I'm sure, that Elvis died on the toilet. Yeah, uh, that that's what I, until maybe you will clear this up for me, uh, have heard. I mean, what you saying codeine and everything, I mean, that's a very well-known uh, side effect of opiates like codeine. It's constipation. constipation. Like, I think rappers are on a snake's <laughs> schedule. Like... <laughs> Nope, and and I'm I'm definitely gonna dive into that, but he didn't actually physically die on the toilet. It's not like they he died. They opened the bathroom door and he's sitting on the toilet from where he's dropping the deuce. So you're saying he got up, was straying so hard, passed out, and knocked himself out on the ground. That's basically it. Yes, you can make the comment that I know you're waiting to make. I'm not gonna make it. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know, that happened to me, and I blacked out while on the toilet. I I was gonna let you do it. I didn't I'm know just, how personal you that know what? was. It's fine. I blacked out on the toilet one time, and that's exactly what happened to me. But you came to consciousness once you hit the ground. I did, which is a very very and, and the, that's the, reason bring, the reason I bring it up is because that's a big part of this actually. <laughs> okay, I now Ginger, really, help Ginger. I now realize how lucky I was. Um. Yeah, but I definitely remember hearing that as a kid growing up. Like, Elvis died on the toilet. I read it as him eating a peanut, peanut butter, butter and banana, and banana sandwich. sandwich. Um, which, also fun fact about Elvis. Or bacon, I will be, too. I will be... Or what? Oh, a peanut butter, bacon, banana is what I've heard yeah. as well. Um, fun fact. You know what one of his favorite meals was? What? Squirrel. That sounds like a very Elvis thing for some well, reason. he grew up in Tupelo, Mississippi. Okay. That sounds like a very, very Elvis thing. Also, the home of, or, yeah, there was also rumors. I'll address this real quick. I don't think I've had squirrel. I have not. I believe, A, Brett Favre is from there. There's another, there's a famous football player from there. I want to say it's Brett Favre. I'm not married to that thought, though. But there are rumors that him and Oprah Winfrey are actually related. And their lineage actually does get... Brett Favre? No, Elvis. Oh. Um, I mean, still weird, but, uh, <laughs> Elvis and Oprah are related. And as far as I know, their lineage is actually traced back to the same, like part of Tupelo, Mississippi, the same part of the town, but there's nothing that connects both of their bloodlines together. Hmm. But no, technically Elvis did not die in the toilet. He died while falling off the toilet, but much, much like you brought up with Tupac, his exact reason of death is unknown. Really? Yes. Most people believe that this was caused by a cardiac arrhythmia or also known as a regular heartbeat. Now, I say most people believe that because there is a report from Elvis's doctor who I will get into later. He was by his side for the last seven years of his life. And he believes his name is Dr. Nick. Dr. Nick believes that he died of chronic constipation. My guinea pig died that way. Seriously. It was terrible. My guinea pig, like he, his name was Steven and he was- uh, PH or V? Uh, uh, PH, I think. Mm, good choice. Uh, he was an annoying little bastard, but I loved him. He was a guinea pig. He learned that we would give him food if he would keep biting on the bars of the cage like crazy. So at like oh, 3 so, a.m. Yeah. I would hear that. <laughs> I don't think I told this story. So he died of constipation. So many sidetracks, but this is important. Um, so he Clearly. died of constipation. He was doing like golf ball sized turds at one point. It was really sad. I felt, <laughs> I'm not even joking. It was that oh, bad. Man. Yeah. Um, but so he died in the middle of the night and my parents thought it was best for them to like, you know, preserve him. Let me have my, you know, peace with him before we buried him. You know, let him, you know, let me see him before we buried him. 
So they put him in a shoebox and then put him in the freezer to kind of preserve him until the morning. Little did they know that when I was little, I would wake up in the middle of the night and then sneak over to the freezer and steal popsicles from the freezer. Did you lick Steven? No, I just found him in a shoebox dead. I thought my parents (laughs) killed Steven by putting him in the goddamn freezer. They had a lot of explaining to do for me. You know, you don't know that he died. They could have just fed you that bullshit their entire life. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, enough of Dr. Nick. I will be getting back into him shortly. I do want to say that there is a conspiracy theory about Elvis not actually being dead. People say that that he faked his death so that he could retire in peace. And so much so that there is the Elvis Sighting Society who basically came out and said, yeah, there's too many instances where people believe they've seen him, so we made a foundation for it. Jesus. They and they that keep like, track of it. That's crazy. Like, they, like as best of their ability, they try to keep track of all the Elvis sightings throughout the world. Right next to Sasquatch and Axl Rose. Mm-hmm. And Nessie. Um, people today who weren't around then don't know how crazy things got with Elvis. I will say that. People always were trying to touch him. They were trying to grab him. They were trying to shake his hand. They were trying to get whatever piece of him they could. He was he was one of the first instances of paparazzi. I know I compared him to the Beatles, but like the Beatles wanted to meet Elvis and the Beatles were huge. Yeah. So much so, actually, fun fact about Elvis. He was one of the first people to ever have a VCR. Really? Yes. Paul McCartney was so impressed with his little remote playing this video, and he had no idea what it was. It was a Betamax, but it was a VCR. Huh, that's I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lot of weird facts about Elvis that I'll get into. Um, but I talk about this Elvis craze because things got really out of hand when he died. He had an open casket funeral at Graceland, and two days after he died, it was reported that over 80,000 people lined the processional route to the cemetery. 80,000 people. I don't think the Pope or Nelson Mandela had that many people. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm, and Graceland's not that big. It's a random town in Tennessee, a random part of town in Tennessee. So it's not like it's its own entity. It's not that big. 80,000 people lined the streets. Outside of the gates, a car plowed into fans and killed two women. Oh. This was nuts. Like, people lost their fucking mind when Elvis and lives. died. And, and their lives when Elvis died. They also injured a shit ton many more people. This is just a taste of what he was dealing with. So, I'm saying all this to give credence to the fact that if he did fake his own death, which I don't believe he did, you could kind of justify it. Like, you can see his reasoning, but I don't believe there's in, in any way, shape, or form that he faked his own death. Yeah. I don't think he could pull that off. Now, people also want to point to a wax figure Figure was what was buried in the casket instead of Elvis himself. I don't know. I just think that's that's reaching for straws. You know, Tennessee's kind of a hot place. And that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> my thought, thinking, too. Like, you know... It's weird. Elvis is dead, but he's kind of having a stroke. His face is starting to warp a little bit in the casket. <laughs> I was I was literally going to get into that. Like, you know, you didn't research one part of the Tupac murder. That was me not researching it. It's hot as shit over there. It would have melted. 
Yeah. Especially in a closed environment like a casket would be. I know it was an open casket, but not all of it's open. Yeah, it's at least easy-bake oven temperatures when you oh, close that thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and people also say that there's discrepancies in the death certificate as well as the gravestone. Like, they spelled the name wrong. Like, like for instance, his middle name was Aaron, but it wasn't A-A-R-O-N. Like, it wasn't A-A-R-O-N. It was just A-R-O-N. It was A-R-O-N. Okay. And the other A in there was for alive. Um. Yeah, X-File sound. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are with no king, and we're still talking about his death. Now I'm circling back into Dr. Nicopoulius, I believe. He went by Dr. Nick. I don't know. I'm just going to go with Dr. Nick from that one. I'm sure nobody else in that area of Memphis could pronounce it either. I (laughs) So if you correct me on Twitter, I get it. It's fine. I don't know how to say it. I'm still rolling with it. So... Elvis had a severe drug problem, which Ryan, I didn't point out, so lovely on. Um, he was eating cocktails. I'll get to it. He was eating cocktails of drugs every day, and it was affecting his health for a very long time, to the point to where they were saying he was carrying three large suitcases of medicine with him wherever he went on tour. Oh, man. Like, he was drugged up something. It was comical. That's the best way to put it. It was so absurd. It was comical. People talked about how in the last year of his performances, he looked vastly different because he couldn't stand up on his own. He did performances where he was literally hung on the mic stand using it as a prop to stand up. You couldn't understand half of what he was saying. I thought he was just being intimate. No. (laughs) You couldn't understand what he was saying. He was talking a lot more than he was actually singing. Every single day was a struggle for him. The reason why... Dr. Nick prescribed more than 10,000 doses of sedatives, amphetamines, and narcotics in just the last eight months of his life alone. So how many doses of... I'm just going to assume it's a once a day thing that would have lasted him. He was mixing things like you wouldn't believe. He was taking one thing and then some of the side effects of that, he would take something else to counteract those side effects and then taking something else to counteract those side effects. And it was just a vicious cycle. He was just downing drugs left and right because of Dr. Nick, basically. Jeez, you could probably get high off the slice of his liver. That's ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I'm saying, you don't need to be, to be a doctor to understand how absurd that is for one person to take over such a period of time. Yeah. And like you mentioned, One of the problems with a lot of these drugs that he was taking, a side effect, is constipation. Mm -hmm. His weight fluctuated so much. You know, with everything you mentioned, I doubt constipation was the main symptom to worry about at that point. No, but I think it actually paid a major... And this is my own opinion. I'll get to it. That's fine. That's just not the... That's not the usual suspect of constipation. No, that's why everybody thought of uh, their regular heartbeat. Yeah. Because of... All of the comical amount, like I said, the comical amount of drugs that he was taking on a daily basis. So there's a theory like this is where things kind of get tricky, though. The theory of Elvis dying of constipation, it, it, it does have a lot of basis. He had a ta- he had he took so many drugs that he just had a problem going to the bathroom. He couldn't shit. his weight fluctuated so much because he couldn't have a bowel movement and I always laugh at poop jokes and I'm really, and, and I'm serious here. It was such a bad time for him that he, he would apparently go days without taking a shit. Yeah. That is a common, 
reaction to opiates, including heroin. Yes. So. And instead, I, I, I won't, I won't get into whether he did heroin or not. I, I don't know that for a fact. I wasn't asking. I know, but I, I, but I'm still saying that you're right. Instead of letting his stomach heal and getting off of the drugs, he just kept chugging them down, and things just got progressively worse. Um, one of the things that people point to actually as a reason of his death is Valsalva maneuver, which basically means you strain so hard your heart your heart stops. Whew. I'm I don't know how many people that's happened to throughout history, but the fact that they were able to name it. I I was joking about seeing how lucky I was, but it's not really a joke. Jesus, like it's an actual thing. In the end. It was probably. I'm sorry for just ma- for making you relive that traumatic experience. <laughs> no, it's 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 fine. I've moved on. I've accepted it. I've learned my ways. I don't strain as hard. Um, but in the end, it probably was a combination of all these things that actually caused him to die. The drugs causing the constipation and the history of his medical problems that were very complicated to where his heart gave out and he probably died from a heart attack. It one was not without the other, basically. Um, so. Just kind of coming full circle circle here. Did Elvis die in the toilet? Technically, no. He died from his heart giving out because he strained too hard. And he took a lot of drugs. And he wouldn't stop popping pills all the time. He didn't just shut down on the toilet. It was There was a, a struggle, as we say. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's a lot of fun stories. Uh, like one of the other rumors about Elvis Nixon. Uh, Elvis Nixon. Jesus Christ. Elvis Presley was him meeting Richard Nixon, which... Side note, there's a wonderful movie with Michael Shannon as Elvis and Kevin Spacey. Giving the gold-plated gun to Nixon. That actually happened. Yeah, I know, and he shot a TV. That actually happened. Yeah. Um, Actually, funny enough, side note, Elvis had a shit ton of guns and a shit ton of cars, and he was also a black belt in karate, I believe it was, and he gave a gun to Bob Dylan and said, I'm not going to do the accent, Um, he gave a gun to Bob Dylan and said, I want you to try to shoot me, and... For a moment, Bob Dylan admitted that he thought about pulling the trigger because it would mean that he did something legendary in his life. Irony itself, Bob Dylan is having these thoughts. Can you imagine a conversation between Bob Dylan and Elvis? Oh, sorry, I want you to shoot me right now. <laughs> but honestly, before he could even think about actually pulling the trigger, Elvis knocked the gun out of his hands and knocked him on his ass. Oh, okay. So you kind of set the dominoes there. Yeah. All right. Um, but so... Elvis did meet Richard Nixon. That was a real thing. Uh, oh, uh, there was a fake name. So Elvis flew to Washington because he wanted to meet Richard Nixon because he really, really, really wanted an FBI badge. I'm not joking. Because <laughs> you think it's like the fucking thing when you go into like a pilot's cockpit and they give you a little aviator badge afterwards? No, one better. He thought that by getting one of those badges that he would be allowed to have as many drugs as he won wherever he wanted because he was a federal agent. Oh, so he had reasoning behind that. Okay. No, there's an, and, and here's the thing. He decided he was going to fly to Washington, D.C., gave a fake name. I believe it was John Burrow, which people point to as being who he became as the conspiracy side. And we'll get to that. After he died. Well, this is basically it. He flew to Washington, D.C., stayed in a hotel under this name, wrote a letter to Richard Nixon, dropped it off at the gate of the White House, who then, working its way down the line, and it eventually got to Richard Nixon, who agreed to meet him, meets Richard Nixon and tells him, I don't like those commie bastards. I want to fight them in any way that I can. If you make me a federal agent, I will uphold the laws of the United States. Thought he was going to be a great undercover agent. <laughs> asked for a badge. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> gets the goddamn badge and like carried it as like a badge of honor for the rest of his life. He like legitimately wanted to be a federal agent, an undercover federal agent. No, Elvis, you got to get those drugs from the Walgreens. I am the Walgreens. Exactly. <laughs> um. Oh, and uh, you know what? Here's I will give one last fun fact of Elvis before we get on to our last topic this evening. Elvis Presley was related to not only Abraham Lincoln. He was also related to Jimmy Carter. Oh. He was, I, I, I believe, the, the, the information that I found. I think that is the last president he'd want to be related to. <laughs> he was third cousin, five times removed to Abraham Lincoln, and sixth cousin, one time removed from Jimmy Carter. Okay. Interesting enough. He, I mean, man, there were so many weird but fun things. But then Oprah, too. And, but possibly Oprah. We don't know. I... <laughs> <laughs> so obviously with all the different conspiracies about all the Elvis sightings and everything, I think with how detailed the coroner's report was, it's pretty safe to say Elvis is pretty dead considering 80,000 people saw his casket moved over. And then, and not only that there, there was a lot of fishy things that went on with, with his death to the fact that where they hid a lot, some of the information from the aut- autopsy report and they burned different parts of the autopsy report before it could ever be released or re-examined. Why? That's the conspiracy theory, Ryan. Like, mm. that's a, that's legit what the conspiracy theory is based off of. And it's got some weight to it. Like, there's definitely water to it because it's really weird that they did all this very quickly, very hush-hush, all of a sudden. I think it more points to the situation was worse than they wanted to paint it as. I, I And the thing was, is he was so embarrassed about his constipation specifically apparently he used to like himself on stage and like there was nothing he could do about it that's the last thing i'm gonna end on the once every 10 years thing for him is once every week but you don't get to be warned about it exactly dr nick coming back to him he was actually tried and lost his medical license he was exonerated for whatever goddamn reason but he was was in trouble with the law because of all of the drugs that he gave Elvis Presley and other people during that time. This sounds shockingly familiar with, I would uh, say, be the person that is secondly on par with Elvis in terms of music fame. Michael Jackson. Absolutely. He lost his medical license for three months and then decided, well, no, we're going to exonerate him of this and we're going to kind of sweep it under the rug. Dude didn't stop and ended up losing his right to be a doctor. I I wanted to say in 92, 93. I, I don't remember the exact year. but That long after? He lost his medical license. Yeah. And was sent to jail. Jesus. Because all he was doing was hopping up these people on different drugs and just over prescribing them. That is delayed justice. We'll talk about like whose responsibility it is or whose fault it lies on in terms of these overdose cases and everything. Right. Another time, but I don't think that that's exactly germane to the conversation at the moment. No, but like he, but Dr. Nick comes out and says that he points to constipation being the reason that Elvis died. Of course he would. But where the constipation come from? Well, thank you. But he was so embarrassed about, oh, this is getting back to why they swept everything under the rug so quickly. He was so embarrassed about the constipation and like it was a very... Um, it wasn't a very masculine thing to have, and it it 
ate it ate at him yeah. and it tore him apart. Everybody has their insecurities. Yeah, he was very insecure about it, and that's why they tried to sweep it under the rug as quickly as possible. Yeah, just like you know, oh, I I wasn't expecting to take you know uh, a tenth of the ten thousand doses in like uh, two months. You know that that's uh, that's ridiculous. I didn't know that part, but now I'm more knowledgeable about Elvis and his death and his um, duty schedule. I, you know, we could, like I said, there was so much more could have gotten into. I tried to keep it strictly to the facts uh, as close to of how he died and what actually surrounds what rumors and myths surround his death. But man, there's some asinine things out there. Yeah, we'll get we'll you know, we'll get to that at a later time. That's my topic for this evening. Ryan, what you got? So this one is going to be I don't want to say it's more lighthearted. But it is definitely involving a much more lighthearted person than the previous two that we had talked about. We're going to be talking about Andy Kaufman, who I adore. I mean, if anybody is not familiar with him, like, honestly, given our age, we shouldn't be terribly familiar with him. But we are familiar with at least Man on the Moon. Yeah. Which is the Jim Carrey biopic of Andy Kaufman himself. Now, Andy Kaufman was a comedian who had a short stint on Saturday Night Live and who left Saturday Night Live after the audience voted him off on his idea to actually do that vote, but didn't expect them to vote him off. (laughs) Oh, it backfired? Yes. Oh, that's comical. Uh, But I would consider this guy to be like what now people would call a very heavy air quotes, a troll. He did this type of comedy where it was, it didn't matter if they got it. It matters if people way down the line got it, and especially if he got it while he was on stage. He was entertaining himself more than anybody, and the ones that are in the close ring or in the know, and he happened to have gotten famous from it too. Some of his famous roles were Laka from Taxi, who was based off of another act that he did called The Funny Man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do an impression for you. <laughs> I am going to do the... Uh, the uh, Archie Bunker. Uh, everyone is stupid. I hate everybody. They are stupid. Thank you good. very much. But uh, thank you very much. That was really good. I'm not gonna lie, that was very good. I'm, I worked. I'm I watched a bunch of Foreign Man videos. I, uh, he okay. He was like the Tim and Eric before they were ever Tim and Eric. Yes, people have. It was. I wouldn't say exactly absurd. It's comedy, in the vein. It's but definitely it in the is same vein. The ground level for that. Um, with the Foreign Man, you know, he had this crazy thing where you know he did that. The bomb jokes and anything like yes I, I tell you a joke about the uh the Russian that goes to whatever it is does it terribly then at the end he usually does an Elvis impression nails it that was that was what he was most famous for I think. and then goes very back straight back to you know funny man and thank you very much and then leaves everybody loved it but then he he was a person who I like this type of comedy style where he liked to keep it fresh and never do reiterations as much as he couldn't like, he did the whole Mighty Mouse thing, which people have seen on Saturday Night Live, where he'd mm-hmm. play, like, a record and just do this awesome pantomime of Mighty Mouse. Right. But then he would go to, like, another comedy club and just start reading The Great Gatsby. And then he's like, if you, and they'd boo him. And he'd be like, if y'all don't be, you know, if y'all don't behave, I'll play the tape, which people were expecting Mighty Mouse. Instead, he would go and play the tape, and it would be The Great Gatsby. <laughs> him reading The Great Gatsby on tape. <laughs> It, it was, was great. It was always the part where he left off as well. Yes. It was it, he was a comic genius. He also had Tony Clifton which plays into this. Uh That was his like alter alternate person like persona. It was a great alter ego. Yeah, I yeah. think it was um <laughs> I always thought of like Ron Jeremy Jeremy for some reason. Like that's what I always just imagined. It was his complete it was his Mr. H- it was his Mr. Hyde to his Dr. Jekyll. 
uh, he pretty much, you know, he went all the way out, did prosthetics. He even went so far with the Tony Clifton character who was like this cabaret singer that yeah. was just like terrible, you know, smoked on stage, drank on stage, was, was like, vile to his audience. Oh, and, and to women too, But especially. he also had his secondhand man, uh, Bob's Muda, do Tony Clifton as well while Andy was an Andy character mm-hmm. to add even more confusion to the act. Mm-hmm. It was great. And thirdly, what he's also very well known for was his wrestling career. Yeah. Where he touted himself as the intergender heavyweight wrestling champion, which if anybody didn't know about this, he would have plants uh, of like certain women that he would wrestle and pretty much beat them terribly. And then eventually, I don't know how it snowballed, but he would get to the point where debatably some of the women didn't know he was on a joke and they were just pissed off and wanted to outdo him and he just would just go full out on them. Now, how true that is or not, and if any, if all of them were plants or not, we don't know, but it led to the feud between him and pro wrestler Jerry Lawler. No. Yes, yeah, so where uh, they had this feud on stage uh, like at a boxing match and supposedly... Andy Kaufman had his neck not broken or at least strained oh, by Jerry Lawler. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah. And it came out eventually that this wasn't true. That this was, oh, guess what? There's a whole storyline to a pro wrestler in a feud. Uh, and it ended up with after the whole thing with Andy Kaufman being a neck brace, he was on Letterman and then... Jerry Lawler was on there too. They got into a big match and start cursing at each other. Jerry Lawler slaps the ever living shit out of him on uh, on camera. I think I remember. It this. turns out they're actually pretty good friends, and they just kept going with it. And they did not break a beat until Man on the Moon was made. Yeah, like that's when it was revealed that it was all just a hoax. Yeah, yeah. So he, Andy Kaufman, went to such drastic measures to to have a joke that was only funny to him. He liked it to didn't matter and muddle the water, which is no uh, surprise that when Andy Kaufman died, some conspiracy theories would form. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we're going to get to now. The official story and spoiler, alert, I'm going to go with the actual story is that Andy Kaufman died May 16th night in 1984 due to a rare form of lung cancer in the Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Now, that actually plays a little bit into it, which is a very weird thing that I'm going to get to, but just keep that in mind, the Cedar sinai Medical Center. Okay. Um, and Andy Kaufman died under these circumstances. It was kind of sudden. He didn't know. Like He only had a few months after diagnosis until he actually died. Maybe uh, like two years at best. Oh, wow. And he went through the whole thing that, you know, obviously, uh, I want to say Steve Jobs in the front of my mind, where after the chemo didn't work, they went to like holistic stuff. He went to the Philippines to try to get healed and went to like these faith healers and stuff. None of it worked. The last pictures of him show him like very emaciated, bald, bald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't look because Andy Kaufman held a little bit of weight to him during his time. Yeah. He did it 35 years old. You know, he was still pretty young. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people think that Andy Kaufman didn't actually die. It's all just a gimmick. And the reason why is because that's totally an Andy Kaufman thing to do. It is the most Andy Kaufman <laughs> thing to do. And I'm going to ring back to it, which a lot of other people agree with about this supposed topic. Um, but we're going to start with why some people would think that Andy Kaufman possibly didn't die. And this is where it's another rabbit hole where I had trouble structuring this topic because there are so many different leaps and bounds with not only Andy Kaufman himself, but the people around him 
like just flip flopping back and forth to the point where you don't know who's in on what and how this is supposed to work. But here is the most linear version that I can get to. So in 1979, a well-known hoaxer and comedian named Alan Abel, who I actually very much want to get on this show, if possible, he's still alive. Oh, cool. Um, but he did a bunch of a whole bunch of media hoaxes. That was his thing. In 1979, he successfully faked his death at a ski resort, saying he had like a heart palpitation. He had this whole thing go on where he had this whole ambulance crew. He reserved a um, he reserved a church to have the service at, and then he hired an actor to be his grieving widow to go to the New York Times and tell them the story of. Alan Abel just died and they ran with it. They made an obituary. And according to Alan Abel, he got two more inches. He had eight inches in his obituary on the New, in the New York Times, two more inches than the guy that invented the six pack who actually died that day. So <laughs> when it comes to contributions to society, I would put that, I would give him like four extra inches on his obituary, you know, for the, just inventing the six pack in general. Did he try to Tom Sawyer everyone or was it Huck Finn? I don't remember which one. One floated down the river and one faked his death. I can't remember which one it is. I'll, I'll let the listeners email us because I did not read that. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's where it started. And Andy Kaufman did actually, through this, uh, through this convoluting thing of this other guy, like I think he was a magician named Pagini, uh, had a meeting yeah, between him familiar. and Abel where Kaufman actually met up with Abel and asked him all these questions about faking his death. And there actually are recorded conversations with the aforementioned oh. Bob Zamuda about Andy faking his death. Now, that is interesting. Not only that, there was a script of The Life and Death of Tony Clifton, who we talked about before, uh, a movie that didn't happen. But in the script, apparently, Tony Clifton dies of cancer at the Cedar Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Kind of creepy, you know? And this was well before Kaufman ever knew he was sick. Yes, this was before he was even diagnosed. Yeah. Now, that's weird, but at the same rate, that's a very famous medical center in Los Angeles. Yeah, I was going to say. And that's where it happened. You know, it was a whole script about him breaking the fourth wall and finding, uh, uh, what's his name, Tony Clifton. But technically, Tony Clifton outlived Andy Kaufman, judging by all the impersonations done after that. So, uh, continuing on with that, after Andy died, his brother, Michael Kaufman, was one of these flip-floppers that I was talking about. He was very adamant that Andy had died. However, in 1999, he supposedly met a person that handed him a note that said, meet at this place at this time. I think it was a coffee shop or a diner, a diner. Meet at this place at this time, and it had some reference to Andy in it. Now, this didn't come to fruition, but it was still kind of weird that that would even come out of the blue. Yeah. Now, whether this actually happened or not is all up to Michael because there's no corroborating evidence to it regardless. He just said this happened. It's very... um subjective yes but then afterwards michael decided to stir the pot a little bit more at a this is where i start jumping a bit um he at a 2013 ninth annual andy kaufman awards i know somebody on stage his daughter a woman claiming to be andy kaufman's daughter i remember hearing about this because i remember i just watched man in the moon not i mean it was before then but not too too long and i remember reading that i was like holy shit like my exact thought was holy shit andy kaufman's alive now michael brought her on stage yeah that uh, well like she's saying he's alive i'm like that's the most andy kaufman thing i've ever heard 
Now, she goes up on stage, and she's 24 years old. Andy, at this point, had been dead for 29 years, which right. means that he had to have posthumously conceived her, or, you know, uh, posthumously, quote-unquote. Right, right, right. And it turns out that some people in the audience actually realized, recognized her as a stage actress from the area. Ah. Uh... So that's the weird part. Now, obviously, this opened up a storm of media coverage for Michael. Mm-hmm. She kind of just went off the radar. When people tried to contact her, they couldn't find her. When people tried to contact Michael Kaufman, he kept saying... I don't know. She hasn't been contacting me since or anything like that. I have to go return some videotapes and hung up the phone with any reporters that talked to him and just kind of dropped it. Like he just kind of avoided that to the point where it seems like he didn't have a fallout plan for what would happen after he pulled this stunt. stunt. Yeah, I'm going to call it a stunt. So let's leave it right there. This is very dubious. And I would say this does not add much to the credence of andy being alive i think that was just something that would be done in the spirit of andy and it kind of comes to this grand unifying theory for me that i'll get at the end but we're going to jump over to bob's muda who is known to have taken literally every position possible in the andy kaufman story <laughs> so for a while bob's muda said that he was dead you know that's and, and it. he's a very famous writer Yes, he actually uh, just we found out today wrote a bunch of biographies. He wrote a thing on Robin Williams. Uh, Bob Zamuda was very connected. However, Bob Zamuda also wrote two different books about Andy Kaufman's death in particular. One of them he wrote saying that Andy's alive. And, you know, even at the end of he was saying like, Andy, I know you're reading this. Please come back. The supposed thing was that Andy wanted to fake his own death and come back either 20 or 30 years later, depending on who you're talking to. And that date has come and passed. And that's, that's that he didn't know, no Andy Kaufman, although there was a fan club, which I'll briefly touch on (laughs) that talked about that. So his other book was written with Andy Kaufman's girlfriend up until his death. uh, Lynn Margiles, I think is the way how you uh, pronounce it. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is the one out of left field where they say, yes, Andy died, but he didn't die of lung cancer. Andy was bisexual, liked to hit up a lot of different hookers in the Los Angeles area, and died of AIDS. Oh, that's an interesting And term. they just tried to push this under the carpet. And she was coming out with this end-all, tell-all. And now Bob's mood is writing two different things of... Oh, Andy's alive, but no, Andy actually did die, but he didn't die of lung cancer. He died of AIDS. So he is the extremely unreliable actor right there. Yeah. And him being Andy's right-hand man, this does not surprise me at all for some reason. And then we'll go ahead and just kind of, you know, put the nail on the casket right there. His manager, George Shapiro, has been pretty steadfast with saying, I saw Andy's body. I was there for Andy's funeral. He was dead as a doorknob. But... Other people like to say that, you know, and also I'm his manager. I would have been in on this, you know, this whole type of, you know, hoax if Andy had chose to do that. And the way Andy went about supposedly, once again, even with the AIDS thing in mind, now they're saying the way that Andy faked his death was by finding a cancer patient that looked a lot like him. And then Andy would lose weight accordingly. He was kind of a character actor, so it's not surprising. He's not a Christian Bale character actor, but he is one where he would go machinist, just lose weight, shave his head, start looking sickly towards the end of his quote-unquote life, and then once that cancer patient died, they would switch him in the coffin and Andy would just be free to go. Okay, so he had a cancer plant. 
Yes, he had a cancer plant. Okay. Now, just like the uh, the camera, the timestamp for Tupac, mm-hmm. let's go with this. Uh, let's say that you have a plant for Andy Kaufman's death. So then there's a missing persons report for a cancer patient that mm-hmm. all of a sudden doesn't have an obituary or reported funeral. Well, the- like you still are short of one dead person. Yeah, exactly. You- <laughs> and that I that was never brought up. Not only that, Andy Kaufman had so much controversy going on. They released his death certificate, the Los Angeles Coroner's uh, uh, Department. That, I was going to say. They released his death certificate. I actually have a link to his death certificate in the show notes. Check him out if you like to. But the last one that I'm going to touch on is the Andy Kaufman fan club for this quote-unquote disciples, where it was a whole group of people that grew bigger you know, on the internet that followed Andy Kaufman and saying that he was still alive. It was a wide variety of people. But it was run by this person named um, Chanel something. But there was also another person named Maddox, who eventually became Stephen Maddox. And long story short, one person that was trying to go to this Andy Kaufman tribute event where he may have supposedly, where Andy was supposed to like, you know, come back, mm-hmm. uh, couldn't afford the dough. And this Chanel person completely paid for everything for this person to go to it. The ticket, the airfare, the boarding room, everything. That sounds sketchy. Yeah, really weird. And he went. And during this event, they met this person, Maddox, who admitted to being Chanel and ended up being the moderator of this website and paid for all this stuff, asking nothing in return. But when they tried to meet with Maddox, this is all really convoluted. And I'm sorry if it doesn't completely make sense, but I'm trying to just wrap this up as soon as, as neatly as possible. When people met Maddox at the event, it was in a hotel room. He wore a monster mask and would not reveal his face. And eventually he dropped the bomb that he was actually Andy Kaufman's illegitimate son. So that adds two illegitimate children, except this guy was uh, an illegitimate son when Andy Kaufman was a teenager. And Andy Kaufman wanted nothing to do with him, blah, blah, blah. Eventually on the forums, he would start, you know, private messaging people and give people not only the status of Andy Kaufman's living status, but gave them, like, you know, the address of where he lives and stuff like that. And this is never corroborated. And occasionally Maddox does update on whether Andy, uh, you know, he moved into the complex at Andy's end, even though he didn't want anything to do with him. Nothing makes sense to me. I didn't even want to give this one too much time because, once again, as aforementioned with the fact that whether he died of AIDS or cancer, a lot of people are saying he's dead. And even the people that haven't are backtracking. Yeah. And now Michael Kaufman is just like, this is an insult to the family. This is a hoax that I've been implicated in. I want nothing to do with it, even though he stirred up himself. himself. (laughs) So with all of this in mind, I think the most likely thing is that Andy Kaufman, knowing he was going to die, was like, guys, we got to go out with a bang here. I was going to say. I do. Yeah. And a lot of people agree with uh, this idea that Andy wanted to have this one last laugh where people wouldn't even know if he's dead or not. And once again, it's hard to prove a negative. And until it becomes like, you know, Andy Kaufman would have been 100 years old at this point, people will still be talking to this until that time saying that Andy Kaufman's still alive. And it's hard to ever prove it. Just like everybody's saying that Hitler never died because of all the weird circumstances with that, which, no, we didn't cover that tonight, but I'm willing to in the future. So am I. Uh, so that is such a weird legacy that he possibly did talk to Bob and even did these plants where he had himself on tape talking about faking his death to kind of plant the seeds of discord right there in his fans' mind. Well, even to kind of go along with that theory, I guess we could just kind of wrap it up with this. The movie Man on the Moon, 
the ending scene, like one of the last scenes you see is Andy in the Philippines with this holistic medicine doctor, bald, like the guy's like rubbing his belly, like supposedly to get the cancer out and he's laughing hysterically. And then you see it, the, you know, pan out and he's in the casket. And the next thing you see is Danny DeVito's character, who is uh, his manager. George Shapiro. Yeah. And I believe is his girlfriend at the time as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're like at a show in Vegas or whatever. And you look up on stage and it's Tony Clifton performing. Yeah. So like it's a it's one last note on Tony Clifton. There was a short sighting where people said that there was an impersonation contest where they swore they saw like Andy Kaufman performing as Tony Clifton and they could tell just by the facial features. Really quick shooting that one down. Andy Kaufman used prosthetics for that. Yeah. Anybody could look like Tony Clifton if they really wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. But my point being is that the, the movie pays homage to that and like kind of falls in line with your thinking that he's getting one last laugh no matter what happens at the end, you know, because it's like, well, how is he Tony Clifton if he's dead? I think that that's the that's the point. That's what the movie's trying to say is like he wants that last laugh. So by going out and like, I know I'm going to die. Let's make it on my terms. Yes. So this all hurt my brain. This is a very different episode from what we usually do because technically we're going to conspiracy theories like we said we wouldn't. But this is kind this of is like different. steadfast evidence where it's like this isn't the moon landing being faked or stuff. That's this isn't the grassy knoll or anything like that. Yeah. But um, I liked it a lot. I think I would be willing to cover more people that have done this. Oh, absolutely. But on a last night, we'll, uh, no, we'll cover two people that actually did successfully fake their own death. Nice. And one of them is a man named Timothy Dexter, who was an American eccentric businessman. And by eccentric, I mean everybody thought he was an asshole and didn't want anything to do with him. So <laughs> so he was a businessman. Yes. In the late 1700s, him being so attention-craved, decided to fake his own death and had a funeral procession or wake where over 3,000 people attended. 3,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. And in this time, he was actually in the audience and he had a very keen eye on his wife. And Oh, that's f- Yeah, it turns out that she didn't grieve enough to his liking. There were no tears or anything like that. So after he revealed that he had faked his own death, no consequence, by the way, um, it says that he canned her. However, I accidentally read that wrong Wikipedia, and I was like, that's weird. Wikipedia would use a slang term like canned her as in divorced her. No, it turns out that he caned her after he found out that she did not grieve enough for him. Like beat her to death with a cane? He didn't beat her to death, but he stayed with her. He just made sure to, like, give her a nice beating after that. Oh. Yeah, so I'll go with eccentric means asshole for this one. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so that's one guy. He did the whole Bender Futurama thing with, like, the faking your own death deal. Well, there is that. I think there's. it's a law. I don't, I don't want to say across the board, but it's a law in some places. It's illegal to commit suicide. Yeah. So if you, like, you survive, there's legal ramifications. Yeah, yeah. Severe actually... legal ramifications. Uh, continuing, the other guy, who is more recent, is a man named John Stonehouse, who also had a very weird way of getting caught. So he was a British politician who was not only corrupt, he wanted out. He did not like his wife and wanted to go away with his mistress. So in 1974, in a trip to Miami, he decided to go onto the beach, take off his clothes, and just leave them kind of like wafting in the shore and just walked away. So his family thought that he drowned to death. Okay. And that was it. Like he just went missing at sea. Uh, as this was happening, he decided to escape away to Australia. 
in order to just start a new life because he apparently gotten everything taken care of, like he got a new identity and all that stuff. However, when he went to a bank to make a large deposit of money, he got busted. Not because he did a bad job at it, but because he had very bad timing. At the same time, there was another British bureaucrat named Lord Lucan who had killed his, ch- his uh, children's nanny, or supposedly, then disappeared into thin air. Still never found the guy. This Lord Lucan just went missing. However, when there was a large deposit made by a British man in Australia into a bank account... Oh, they they thought he was Lord Lucan and just found out that he was a different dude that had disappeared off the face of the earth and was presumed dead. Oh, this isn't who we want. Wait a minute. (laughs) So that guy blew the other guy's cover. Huh. So those are the two most noteworthy for me. Yeah, that's just a weird situation. This guy might have gotten away with it if it wasn't for somebody murdering somebody else and them for real dying. What a selfish asshole. Right. Yeah. And Lord Lucan was never found. No, Lord Lucan was never found. He's a big (laughs) mystery. So that is, um, that's wrapping up the supposed uh, pseudocides, as we like to say, yeah. for this episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, I definitely think we need to come back to this topic. We had a lot of fun doing this. We went down the rabbit hole. Um, I lost a little bit of sanity in the process, but I loved it. It was fun. Look up Project Blue Bean. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, before we get on out of here. As always, guys, we appreciate all the five-star reviews we've been getting lately. It's been really, really wonderful. If you guys could continue to do that, like, please, that would be awesome. It's super easy to do now, especially if you have an iPhone or an Apple product. You just click on the Rumorflies logo, and it brings you right to where you need to go under the podcasts. So awesome job to all you that have done that. We'll be figuring out something, you know, to say thank you to you guys for that. And patreon.com slash Rumorflies. Yep. And, you know, you can find us, rumorfliespodcast.com. Yes. Okay. And I always forget if it's a podcast. We have another Patreon exclusive coming down the line soon. Yeah. So yeah. look forward to that. Whoever yeah, subscribed already. Yeah. Rumorfliespodcast.com, rumorflies at gmail.com, and we're at rumorflies everywhere else except Snapchat because Greg still won't allow it. Um, so we're going to have a rumorflies bumble. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know who's going to be monitoring that one. Uh, anyway, for this episode of Rumor Flies, I am Josh. I am Ryan. And Greg's not here, so we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you very much. <laughs>